The Veritas Radio Network is guaranteed the right to offend, annoy, agitate, shout heresy, and entertain. You start programming right now. Kind of like the cultural sewage served up on Bravo or CMT, only it's on 24 hours a day, except Sundays. When the truth gets you angry and you throw your smartphone, remember, no one is forcing you to listen to the truth on the Veritas Radio Network. You can't handle the truth. You're doing that of your own free will. That's what makes this country great and any gay marriage pointless. That's offensive. So there isn't much you can do about it, Chowderhead. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Grab a book, take a vow, and conform your mind to reality. Otherwise, you're just another Judas-inspired Karl Marx wannabe. And your children will steal your credit card number to buy tickets to the Miley Cyrus Twerkers Ball. I came in like a wrecking Are you ready? Let's get it on. On the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade. The Professor is in. Send your questions for Professor Kevin Gutzman to constitution at veritasradionetwork.com. And welcome to this edition of the Constitution Hour here on the Veritas Radio Network part. Of our offerings here on the Veritas Radio Network is the Crusade Channel. And this, our Thursday afternoon edition, once per week, the Constitution Hour. If you've missed any one of the previous episodes of the Constitution Hour, look for them in the Founders Pass Media Player at VeritasRadioNetwork.com. As a matter of fact, we will have some uh, preview segments up for your uh, listening and forwarding and sharing with friends and family today, as soon as this show is concluded. And if you like and approve of the work that we're doing here as part of the Veritas Radio Network and the Crusade Channel, please consider becoming a Founders Pass member. Without paying members, it would be impossible to continue the work that we do here. You can subscribe by the month or by the year. Just go to veritasradionetwork.com forward slash join. And there will also be a greatest hits, if you will, issued uh, by the time this makes it to the Veritas Radio Network on uh, this Thursday. We should have together the first 10 episodes of Constitution Hour with Professor Gutzman all assembled into one downloadable zip file that if you're a Founders Pass member, you will be able to uh, obtain in the Founders Pass media player. And if not, then you would be able to order as an individual download on the website at veritasradionetwork.com. And now to our feature presentation, as we do here every week. Let's talk about the U.S. Constitution and how it is being treated, or should I say mistreated, by modern Americans with Professor Dr. Kevin Gutzman, the author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Constitution, James Madison and the Making of America, and in 2017, a work on Thomas Jefferson and the political thought of Thomas Jefferson. Here we go. Kevin, how are you today? Very well, Mike. How are you? 
I am well. We have uh, lots of Constitution. Well, I am well, but the Constitution, as usually is the case, is on life support and has been bloodied, bludgeoned, and then thrown down into the mud, dragged through it, and for extra measure, they uh, obtained or procured a very large garbage pickup truck, backed it up, beep, 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 ran over it again for good measure, and then went forward. So the Constitution remains a very uh, mistreated document, perhaps the most mistreated document, in uh, all of American history. And we begin our tour today of the stories that make up the latest assaults on the Constitution with this. Idaho governor signs bill. Second Amendment is your concealed carry permit. On March the 25th, Idaho governor Butch Otter signed permitless concealed carry legislation, which makes the Second Amendment... And, of course, everyone just assumes that that means Second Amendment to the Constitution, which makes the Second Amendment the official carry permit for state residents 21 years and older. Open carry of a handgun for self-defense was already legal in Idaho, and proponents of the permitless concealed carry legislation argue that a law-abiding citizen openly carrying a gun ran the risk of breaking the law of his jacket, shirt, or other article of clothing, inadvertently covered the firearm. According to KTVB Television, Governor Otter released a letter on March the 25th which said the following, Kevin, quote, I am a gun owner, a hunter, and a lifetime member of the NRA. I have consistently championed our citizens' gun rights throughout my years in public office, and I do so again today in signing Senate Bill 1389 into law. He also used the letter to stress his conviction that SB 39 is consistent with the U.S. Constitution and encouraged those who will carry without a permit to be sure they are trained. Da, 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 da. The governor also said that you can now, if you're an Idahoan, you can now use the Second Amendment as your concealed carry permit. So here we are again with the Second Amendment being used and treated as though it is a universal proclamation of the RTKBA. That's the right to keep and bear arms that uh, is in force across all the United States, uh, from here to the ice world of Hoth and back, through the Stargate and all around the rest of the universe. And in case we left anything out, let's throw in Antarctica. But that was not the intent of the Second Amendment, was it? No, this is just nonsensical. Um... Let me preface this by saying that I am from a long line of Idahoans. My parents are both natives of Idaho. Their parents were all natives of Idaho. My great-great-grandfather immigrated from Prussia to Idaho in 1875, and the reason I ended up not living in Idaho is because my father joined the Army. So I grew up mainly outside Idaho. I've spent a total of about three years there. Uh, and so I know a little bit about the history of the region where Idaho is located, and um, it's just ridiculous that people are claiming that this has something to do with the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, as listeners to your uh, Veritas Network know, and as listeners to your old program knew, um, was intended as a limitation on the federal government. You didn't need to have federal judges claiming that they had somehow 
a right to enforce the principle of the Second Amendment against state governments for people in Idaho to have a right to keep and bear arms. In fact, not only Idaho, but people in neighboring states have always had this kind of right. Uh, Idaho became a state in the 1880s, along with neighboring states like Wyoming and Montana, and their original constitutions, going all the way back to 1889, all said that people had these kinds of rights. So, for example, the Wyoming Constitution, Article 1, Section 24, enacted 1889, says, quote, the right of citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and of the state, meaning Wyoming, shall not be denied. The Montana Constitution, also of 1889, says, uh, this is Article 2, Section 12, 1889, Montana Constitution, quote, the right of any person to keep or bear arms in defense of his own home, person, and property, or in aid of the civil power when thereto legally summoned, shall not be called in question, but nothing herein contained shall be held to permit the carrying of concealed weapons. The Idaho Constitution of 1889 said, quote, the people, this is Article 1, Section 11 of the 1889, that is the original Idaho Constitution, quote, the people have the right to bear arms for their security and defense, but the legislature shall regulate the exercise of this right by law. So from the beginning, people in Idaho have always had this right. And as I said, you didn't need federal courts to be claiming within the last five years that somehow they had a right to impose gun rights on the states for Idahoans to have gun rights. Um, in 1978, Idaho amended Article 1, Section 11 of its Constitution. Now it reads this way, the people have the right to keep and bear arms, which right shall not be abridged. But this provision shall not prevent the passage of laws to govern, govern the carrying of weapons concealed on the person, nor prevent passage of legislation providing minimum sentences for crimes committed while in possession of a firearm, nor prevent the passage of legislation providing penalties for the possession of firearms by a convicted felon, nor prevent the passage of any legislation punishing the use of a firearm. No law shall impose licensure, registration, or special taxation on the ownership or possession of firearms or ammunition. So that, that part is interesting, isn't it? Idaho Constitution bans licensure requirements for firearms possession, nor <laughs> shall any law permit the confiscation of firearms except those actually used in the commission of a felony, unquote. So Idaho, uh, from the moment it became a state by adopting its original constitution in 1889, always respected gun rights and it respected its gun rights in its own constitution that's correct and didn't need to have this made-up incorporation doctrine imposition of whatever uh, opinions about guns happen to be in vogue with graduates of harvard and yale law school who were politically connected and found themselves on the supreme court it didn't need that to have uh, respect for gun rights. The, so uh, what I'm taking objection to is, is that somehow people in Idaho have been taught to think as reflected by the statement of their very pro-gun rights 
ownership rights governor, um, they've come to think that somehow this comes from the Second Amendment. It doesn't come from the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, by the way, itself came from an American tradition of gun possession and use, which, of course, is older than the Second Amendment. So people shouldn't be taught to think that we would just be living in a hellhole, a, a jungle of violence, and and without any uh, claim on civil society at all. If it if only uh, it weren't for the fabulous federal judiciary and the federal constitution as uh, warped by them over time. And if, if it weren't for the Second Amendment. Right. That part of it is the one at issue here. But this reflects the more general tendency of people to think the reason they have freedom of speech, freedom of press, the right not to be uh, forced to testify at their own trials, uh, the right not to be subjected to double jeopardy, uh, the the right to breathe is the federal constitution <laughs> as uh, amended through various court precedents over the last hundred years. This is just f- fallacious. Americans were free before there was a U.S. constitution. They certainly were free before it was changed uh, or said to have been changed by uh, federal judges in order to implement their own special uh, social policy preferences and uh, civil rights policy preferences, especially over the, well, beginning in the 19-teens, but really over the last 60 years. Uh, So I lament the fact that Governor Otter thought he had to make reference to the Second Amendment when really the Second Amendment is irrelevant to the fact that Idahoans have gun rights. Well, uh, I'd like to read something to you uh, about this subject here, and this is from the NRA website, and this predates the governor's, uh, the legislature passing the bill and the governor signing it by about 10 days. And according to the NRA, uh, the legislation would recognize a law-abiding, unconditional right to keep and bear arms for self-defense in the manner he or she chooses. SB 1389 recognizes that self-defense situations are difficult, if not impossible, blah, da, 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 da. Uh, it is imperative that you, meaning an RA member, contact your state senator to set the record straight on, per- on permitless constitutional carry. There's no constitutional pref- uh, preference if we're referring to, and they are, to the U.S. Constitution that is at stake here. The Congress is not trying to stop the Idaho militia, although they probably would, <laughs> from uh, banding themselves together, uh, arming themselves, and protecting themselves from a fresh invasion of the Lakota tribe. Now, are they? Well, no, they're not. And actually, of course, the NRA is to a large extent to blame for the fact that people have come to misunderstand their gun rights as being entirely products of the Second Amendment. I mean, the the NRA is constantly saying this is about the Second Amendment. I can understand why as a point of political propaganda uh, in trying to educate the public in their direction, they they use this, which I like to understand as a kind of shorthand for the actual tradition of, of respecting gun rights in the United States. But as you and I have repeatedly discussed, the Second Amendment's purpose is solely to keep the federal government from mandating to the states what their policy in this area shall be. It's not anything to do with what the states actually decide on, you know, in a Republican fashion 
to have their policy be. So in other words, there, if there were no Second Amendment, Idaho could still have made this policy decision and likely would have. I right. Actually, if you ever spent any time in Idaho, one thing you notice is uh, this is a state where virtually everybody has a gun, where people routinely sleep with their doors unlocked, where uh, it's a civil society, in other words. And um, I, I can't imagine anybody would say, well, I'm, I'm glad that today, unlike yesterday here in Idaho, I'm going to have my gun rights respected. It's, it's just loopy. Well, and I'd like to add, and, and by the way, you're listening to the Constitution Hour with Professor Dr. Kevin Gutzman here on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network at VeritasRadioNetwork.com. Please download our apps in the Google Play Store, uh, in the iTunes Store, and in the Windows Media App Store, and you can enjoy the Veritas Radio Network. The stream is live 24 hours a day, seven days a week via the app or VeritasRadioNetwork.com. Um, unfortunately, this has now become, um, um, what, what's the word if we were talking about diseases? This, this would be a pandemic. <laughs> it is now a pandemic. People's erroneous thought is pandemic. Here, from the same NRA story I was reading you earlier, we find this. Unfortunately, out-of-state billionaire and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg has once again launched a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining the rights of law-abiding Idahoans. Bloomberg-funded gun control groups are misrepresenting facts and statistics in an attempt to persuade your elected officials to oppose SB 1389. Well, if there was no stinking incorporation doctrine, and if there was not this idea that the Second Amendment was universal and that's what really was being debated in Idaho... Bloomberg would have kept his money and his mouth shut because he wouldn't have anything to say about it. It would be totally left up to the people of Idaho, and I suspect he being cloistered in New York City probably wouldn't care about it. No, the reason he has uh, concern about this is that it ultimately does affect him. The fact that the federal courts have decided, largely at the behest of gun national gun rights organizations like the NRA, the fact that federal courts have decided to make this a national issue by uh, pretending that it all has to do with the Second Amendment um, means that somebody like Bloomberg, every time a state legislature adopts a pro-gun rights policy, has reason to try to thwart that effort. He thinks, rightly, that it could affect the way things work in New York. So there he is in, in Idaho, which he's probably never even seen. There he is spending money on the outcome of Idaho policy debate. You know, this is, this is a perfect illustration of the fact that a federal model of government is superior to a national model of government for a continental country like the United States. If, if we had actual federalism where uh, people granted that Idaho was left to make its own gun policy by the what Jefferson called the underlying principle of the Constitution, that is the Tenth Amendment, that the federal government only has the enumerated powers of which the right to regulate Idaho gun possession is not one, then <laughs> um, Michael Bloomberg could be happy in his penthouse apartment with the idea that, well, he was keeping uh, law-abiding New Yorkers from possessing guns. He wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't have to impose the same policy on, or try to impose the same policy on people all over the country. Now, let's think about this, uh, uh, add a little bit more fuel to the evidential fire. 
lest you think that, well, you uh, you guys are just cherry-picking the laws of one state, and that's not really how it is, and how dare you beat up on the NRA. They've kept our gun rights safe since they were in this, since they, uh, they began, and, uh, you know, thank the Lord we have Eddie Eagle and what have you here. Um, this is actually a very rich part of American history, uh, and that is federalism. And the idea that these states did not grant the kind of powers that Kevin has been describing the last 16 weeks or 14 weeks here to the general government and certainly not to the general government's judiciary. I'd like to take you back to the 3rd of August, 1891. And this is from the state of Kentucky's Constitution. This is the third version of a Constitution that the state of Kentucky uh, met in convention, wrote, and then ratified. Under Section 1, Bill of Rights for the People of Kentucky, Article the 7th, we find this. And, and this, is just, this just repeats what Kevin told you in the opening se- uh, section of our discussion. Article the 7th, the right to bear arms in defense of themselves and of the state, subject to the power of the General Assembly to enact laws to prevent persons from carrying concealed weapons. That cannot be more clear, other, but, but to say, Kevin, that the state of Kentucky put into its foundational, fundamental law an acknowledgment that self-defense would be reserved, uh, it was a right to reserve to the citizens of Kentucky, but that the state also reserved the right in certain instances to regulate the keeping of, of those weapons in concealed instances and in the public. And the public safety would demand this. It only makes common sense, right? Well, if people want to, they can have that. You know, a lot of the Western states allow concealed carry. They allow open carry. They don't feel threatened by it. They're right. totally different cultures in regard to these questions in different parts of the country. I I live in Connecticut now, and I often like to tell people, you know, where I went to high school in Texas, you would uh, go into school in the morning, and then when the bell rang at 3 o'clock, you walk out into the parking lot where you'd see pickup trucks with gun racks and rifles hanging in them. People took their rifles to school. They sat in the gun rack outside the building, and then after school they went out and shot quail in quail season or deer in deer season. And, And you know how often I felt physically threatened by this? Never. Never. Why? Because I knew nothing was going to happen. And uh, so the problem, again, is that we have this tendency to impose a national policy and and people in less civilized parts of the country think, well, we have to have a national uh, disarmament policy or else uh, my uncivilized neighbors here are going to do something to me. And this means they're trying to disarm people in, in perfectly civilized places like Idaho and rural Texas and and the uh, free gun areas of the country. It, again, it's just another illustration of the fact that the people who made the U.S. system were right. Federalism is a better model, and uh, I'd like to see it adopted. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it, it, it's like the, uh, I think it was uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen that said, uh, the devil never, or maybe it was Paul Harvey that said, the devil never pulled a greater trick other, uh, other than convincing people that there was no such thing as sin. Well, I'd say that the nationalists never pulled a better trick other than convincing people that there was no such thing as federalism. <laughs> right. Well, uh, 
I've never heard Paul Harvey and Fulton Sheen confused before. Let me think. About <laughs> oh. uh, I, I, well, I, yeah, the, you know, if you go to law school today, I mean, I, actually, yesterday I was explaining to my undergraduate constitutional history students that uh, although McCulloch versus Maryland is obviously inconsistent, not only with the text of the Constitution, but certainly with the uh explanation of the Constitution that was given by Federalists in the ratification campaign, yet in the end, every lawyer in America ends up agreeing with McCulloch versus Maryland because in your second uh, session of your law school con law class, you're to read McCulloch versus Maryland, you're to explain the reasoning, and then we go on to the next case. So there's there's never any examination of the underlying principles. There's never any question of the historical validity. And that's what happens here, too. So people have come to think that their freedom of speech is a product of the First Amendment to the federal Constitution, as if before the federal Constitution, people who lived in the English colonies in North America and later people who lived in the independent United States under the Confederation didn't have freedom of speech, right? Which is just an absurdity. Of course they did. And, uh, you know, so we're talking about the same kind of thing in connection with the Second Amendment. People sincerely believe that the only reason they have gun rights is the Second Amendment. Right. Uh, and there was a, uh, it's a famous column that Paul Harvey wrote back in the 60s, something about the devil got away with it or the devil made made him do it or something to that effect. I think that that's where I wasn't confusing him. I, I believe it was uh, the, that the Fulton Sheen quote was part of the Paul Harvey uh, editorial. Never thought on the Constitution Hour we'd have Archbishop Fulton Sheen and Paul Harvey make an appearance. <laughs> but it's happened all in the space of one episode here. Uh, and now speaking and keeping on the same subject, next up on the next segment here of the Constitution Hour, why don't we cover the governor of Mississippi pretty much making the exact same fatuous argument that the governor of Idaho made, but this time making it about the First Amendment. And it's just another, as Kevin just said, this is just another, uh, another ridiculous, fallacious assertion, assertion that somehow if there wasn't a First Amendment, that the people of Mississippi would not have the right to practice their uh, their religion, and uh, if you read the and we will we'll read the governor's statement on this, and talk a little bit about that. If you were to read that, you probably would think if you were transported here from another uh, country in another time, you would probably think that without this thing called the First Amendment, there would be no such rights. So we'll take that up in the next se uh, segment of the Constitution Hour. With Professor Dr. Kevin Gutzman, I'm your host and moderator, Mike Church. Remember to go to VeritasRadioNetwork.com, where you will find that very special Constitution Hour Greatest Hits, the first 10 episodes of the Constitution Hour in one easy-to-download package or sale. You'll find it at VeritasRadioNetwork.com. If James Madison were still alive, he would listen to the Constitution Hour, featuring Professor Kevin Gutzman here on the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade.